Hello, everybody. This is the Foul Balls podcast for Friday, December 8th, 2017. And Rob and I are going to try this again. This is our second time trying to record this podcast as we, you know, experienced the corrupt audio file the first time, right as we were rounding up our forward selection. So that sucks, but, you know, got all the time in the world. So let's try this again. Rob, how's it going? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing today, Nick? Doing well, doing well. Expecting some snow in the forecast maybe later tonight, but outside of that, you know, trying to keep warm. So anyways, let's do as we always do. Let's dive into the slate. Let's start with goalies, and at goalies, we have uh, Tottenham as the heaviest favorites on the slate. Um, personally, I have no interest in paying, you know, 5-8 for... Uh, Hugo Lloris, it's been about nine straight games, I think, since he's yet to have a clean sheet, and I personally, I don't have any interest in paying that price. I think Stoke could, you know, slip one in, and if they slip one in, that instantly just crushes his value, not to mention if they end up in a tie, then, you know, probably all your cards are done. He may be safe for cash, but, you know, I'm primarily a GPP player when it comes to soccer, so... I'm going to stay far away from Hugo Lloris. Then just below that, um, I'm going to skip the Burnley keepers. I have no interest in paying over 5K for them. Uh, that brings me to Fabianski at 5K. I find him semi-interesting. Swansea, you know, aren't the best opponent. They are definitely 12th, I mean 20th in the Prem this season. They're dead last. They cannot score goals. They give up goals. But... And, you know, West Brom isn't the best opponent. They fail to score a lot of the times. They don't generate a ton of shots. But I think 5K, it's kind of steep for Fabianski, but I I see some upside. I see, you know, Swansea popping in a random goal from Boney or Abraham and then just, you know, parking the bus, not allowing West Brom to see any, any kind of offensive exposure. So I think there could be some upside in him. He's a play in GPPs only that I think could result in, you know, somewhat of a positive price outcome. But Casper Schmeichel, 4300, is my favorite target of anyone. He's a guy I'll probably be locking into, you know, the majority, if not all, my lineups. I just see he's he's got the best, you know, ceiling and floor of any keeper on the sleeve, in my opinion. What about you, Rob? Yeah, we can start with Eagle Race for sure. He is. Overly expensive, absolutely. And I think one of the big issues, the red flags, is he's priced up because of the massive goal potential Spurs have this slate. And through that massive goal potential, they're looking at near a near guaranteed win. Uh, so there's, his price isn't based off making saves or DFS relevance, really. It's, it's based off real-life stats. So you kind of have to avoid that to some extent. I'll probably still have him a little bit in cash because he is, as, uh, as you stated, the biggest favorite of the slate. Uh, but uh, with no, I don't think they're going to keep CS bonus. So with that salary, you really need that in GPP. Both the Palace Keepers are way too expensive. doesn't matter which one starts. Uh, they're just... They're, again, based off of being a home favorite uh, and not actual DFS relevance. Uh, Nick Pope, in my article, I wrote a big piece up on him on how I'm fading him this week and how, why everyone else should, too. He's just too expensive, and Watford are near guaranteed two goals. And it's fine that we can still approach the game that Watford won't be able to score more than two goals, but at the same time, Pope will, will basically be done at two goals uh, against Watford So from that salary. So I'm just not interested in that whatsoever. Uh, you can take a solo shot in low 
to this week uh, as a home favorite. Huddersfield may be better at home than Brighton have been away. So uh, if you're looking to snag something, Lossi may uh, be an interesting solo shot, but he doesn't really have any defensive stacking correlation, so I'm not psyched about it. Um, you already touched on Fabianski. I completely agree. My only issue is he, he's on he, he's on a horrible team. Uh, he is a great keeper. Uh, it's just his team is so bad. And when you get up to that 5K range, you kind of need a shot at least at a CS bonus or, or a win. I'm not sure if Swansea have either this week, so I'm just not too interested in that. Um, which leads me to my next point. All my keepers this week are going to be 4.5K or less than DraftKings. Uh, I like Ben Foster a lot against Wansey because when you get down that low, you don't need your keeper to make a ton of saves and a CS bonus and a win just to pay off the salary. Uh, so I'm totally fine with Swansea not a single shot in net and uh, Ben Foster taking a CS bonus win uh, away from that. That's completely fine. Uh, from his price range, excuse me, GPP. Uh, Gomes, uh, Burnley, uh, I'm just not sure I'd take Burnley without Robbie Brady. So uh, Gomes is interesting to me in GPPs, and especially in the sense that he has amazing defensive targets, which we'll talk about here in a bit. But um, uh, there's a lot this week where they're key they're Keepers that are in look to be in play don't have defensive correlations at all. So that's a really huge concern for me, and that's why I'll be paying down so much, especially in GPD. Uh, Smichael, as you already spoke, is the best player this week at only 4.3 against Newcastle. All of uh, Leicester's defenders are like six foot four. They're monsters, every single one of them. And uh, all Newcastle likes to do is send in long balls, cross the ball off Matt Ritchie's foot. So it's fine. You can take Matt Ritchie at eight or nine crosses. We'll talk about him in a bit, but like uh he he isn't even a good play against Leicester because they're so solid at the back uh no on Begovic uh because Palace are just too good at home and probably gonna score twice and Butland will be lucky to finish with a positive score this week so that is all the keepers that I'm uh, really thinking about awesome I think that's actually all the keepers <laughs> yeah <laughs> that just does it just about does it for all the keepers so that being said, let's move to defense. Uh, defense, I find it kind of a little tricky this week. Um, yeah, there's nothing that really stands out. There's no obvious value plays. The top price guys are, you know, very very expensive. Man, in our previous recording, we touched on, you know, Kieran Trippier. He's now above seven K, which is just an astronomical price tag. I have no interest in ever paying above 7K for a defender unless it's, you know, Kimmich against a B-line Champions League op opposing team. So I will be fading him. Uh, ben Davies I find somewhat interesting, but still it's, it's, it's a steep price tag. And when you compare him, you know, the price to some other midfielders that we'll get to, I just find it so hard, you know, having to pay up for him. Martin Olsen at 4,900 is a guy that I've, you know, I'm looking at, you know, firmly. West Brom is a lot, a ton of crosses. He racked up an assist in his last game, but if you take away the assist, he still had 11 crosses, two shots, one of them being on goal. 4,900 is certainly a steep price tag for a Swansea defender, but I, 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 against West Brom at home, I think there's, you know, there's a route to hitting value at that price. Um, below that, uh, nothing really does it for me. I know you like the Watford defenders, so I'll let you touch on the Watford defenders. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just think uh, first that Trippier and Davies are spectacular at uh, having a floor. 
but uh, they shouldn't really have too much of a ceiling this week in retrospect in t- towards ownership, especially where all the ownership will be jumping on these two with Harry Kane and people will be messing themselves up trying to build cars around that, which is near impossible. So let people make that mistake, let that happen, and just work around that instead. And Davies is intriguing. They're both useful in cash, but in GPP, they're just way too expensive to really do anything. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Watford defenders are interesting. Uh, the thing is, is that I really don't like defense this week at all. Like I really, really just think it quite thoroughly. And a lot of my defensive picks are based around the keeper, which is usually not the way you should do things. Like I'll be the first to say that. And, uh, this is the approach I'm taking this week because I don't like many of the, uh, defenders. So yeah, uh, Femina and Ziegler. Uh, with Gomes or either of them in cash is also fine to me. I just don't think Burnley will have the same kind of crossing effect uh, without Robbie Brady. Uh, I really like Gibbs and Numb for uh, West Brom. If you're going to pair them with uh, Ben Foster and GPP, that seems like a pretty sound idea too. The thing with defenders against Swansea is that you don't need them to make saves in order to pad a CS bonus. Do you understand what I mean? So it's like if uh, you have uh, Gibbs and Nam get a CS bonus, but Swansea don't even get a shot on net, Foster's points will his ceiling will be a little bit dented, but those two will still have an excellent ceiling. In fact, it'll probably be better uh considering that the shots aren't making it to the net so these two are probably intercepting them uh or tackling them or breaking it up so that's uh they'll be making points in that sense too so i really like those two i'm going to be taking a lot of shots on center backs this week uh and pairing them with my uh keeper just to try and be able to properly afford harry kane so i'll be looking at guys like uh, ben me scott dan uh, Chilwell or uh, folks whoever ends up starting there for Leicester uh, Sacco on Crystal Palace uh, Maguire on Leicester I think he's an interesting center back that you can work with too but in terms of uh, defenders there really isn't too much that interests me of that crew and a lot of my defensive picks won't be guys that I'm hunting for floor or hunting for crosses they'll strictly be based off the keeper that I'm playing in the situation so uh, whichever Leicester uh, wing back ends up starting I'll probably be using that a fair amount uh, but uh, other than that that is really my defensive shots yeah it sounds like we're on the same page there there's I mean in cash I think you can pay off for the Tottenham guys but I'm not really you know there's not you're not going to really be able to build the GPP kind of upside lineup that you're going to look for when if you're just blindly stuffing in Tottenham players, especially including... Yeah, and, and they're going to be dealing with Shakiri too, which isn't like a, an exactly a cakewalk here. Like, they're going to have issues to actually meet the ceiling this week from that salary range. Yeah, exactly. And this all parlays back to the thought of, you know, holding the clean sheet. If they don't hold the clean sheet, that's, you know, instantly takes a hit to their value because that's three valuable points that you're most likely relying on if you're using the Tottenham wingbacks. Yeah. So let's move to midfield. And as we have a constant theme of this podcast, Tottenham is on top of the midfield too. Christian Eriksen, 10-3. I have no interest in paying for him. It seems that Pochettino is, you know, taking a different route in terms of set pieces and corners. Erickson does not have those duties anymore. Ben Davies and all the wingbacks are taking away from him. So 10-3, it's, that's a very hard price to pay off. 
The last time Ericsson's paid off their price was in World Cup qualifiers, and before that was against Real Madrid, and that was when he was 8-4. So I have no interest in paying 10 K for Ericsson. Daly Ali is kind of interesting, but I'm just not, not a big Ali guy. He's he's flashy on the field. He's not a DFS friend. He doesn't have a DFS friendly game when it comes to you know building lineups. 9K is way too much. If Sun starts, people may chase him as he had a brilliant um, goal and you know stat line midweek, but outside of that, I'm not really gonna go there. My interest firmly lies in you know the Crystal Palace guys and the Leicester City guys. They all seem to be underpriced. They're all very great matchups. Mark Albrighton is a guy I'll touch on. He's probably my favorite midfield play or arguably my favorite player of the entire slate. He's fifty eight hundred against a Leicester opponent that's, you know, very mediocre. He's had over six crosses in his past three games with eleven total crosses in his last game against Burnley. Scoring over double digit points in his past three games. He's got a goal and assist too. I expect this, you know, high output of production to continue, especially on the road against Newcastle. It doesn't really, you know, worry me that they're on the road. They're still a much superior squad to Newcastle, in my opinion. What about you, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. I think the Erickson and Deli Ali fades are incredibly crucial this week to making any kind of run. Especially uh, if you're just if you're looking to compete in a GPP, you may as well just spend up for Harry Kane. Uh, it, it really doesn't make sense to stay down at those two when they don't really function very well in the DFS setting right now. Uh, Sun probably won't start. He's been playing a lot, 90-minute uh, games the last bit. And uh, I expect uh, coming off the Champions League in the week there, he played another 90 minutes and played excellent. Don't get me wrong, he's an excellent player. If he does start, get him in. But it wouldn't surprise me if he uh, actually doesn't start, which will I'll lead to at the end here, the midfielders. But uh, Townsend's basically a cash lock for me, especially if Kabai doesn't play. Uh, you you have to put Townsend in there, uh, even at his 8.5. And I'll talk about Zaha whenever we get to forwards. But basically for Shakiri and Matt Ritchie, you have to fade them both. They're both set here for a very uh, a mediocre outing, especially Shakiri. A lot of people will be jumping on Stoke as some sort of contrarian play against the high ownership of Spurs. And Shakiri just isn't that guy this week. I'll talk about who is from Stoke. But uh, in terms of Matt Ritchie, uh, Lester basically shut down exactly what he likes to do. So uh, what the issue will be here is he'll still make 8 to 11 crosses. But at that salary, you need someone with a ceiling. And he's not going to have a ceiling this week. That's just not on against Lester. So uh, I'll be fading both of them. Uh, Pascal Grubbs, cash playable if you want to. I had him in my first build. I didn't keep him, though. Uh, he's interesting. Uh, but Huddersfield should keep the ceiling of the game down generally low. And uh, I think there's some other plays here with an actual serious ceiling this week. Uh, like, for example, Ride Mares, who I think is probably a lock in GPP this week. Against Newcastle, he should absolutely run rampant around them. Uh, I don't think their defensemen are going to have any answer. Either let them dribble by, let them get a shot on net, or foul them. He's going to be acquiring points basically every time he touches the ball. Uh, so that's someone I'm going to be locking in, basically. Uh, even in cash, I'm okay with it. He's been crossing the ball and taking set pieces a significant amount with who I'll be speaking on momentarily. But I do like Mars. Uh, I prefer someone else, though. Aaron Moore does great things on a bad team. He really can't use that in a week at that salary where uh, you need a ceiling. Uh, Stanislas is in the exact same situation. He's got really bad minutes at the moment. He's coming back from injury, so... 
know, uh, their whole Bournemouth midfield is basically untargetable because they're all taking each other off at the 60, 70th minute. Uh, so you really can't touch Bournemouth at all. Um, uh, I call him JBG. Uh, Yon Ger <laughs> the Gerdmanson, Berg Gerdmanson, uh, is cash playable this week. He'll be jumping into uh, Burnley's spot here uh, for Robbie Brady, and he should be the one who uh, carries all the set pieces here. Matt Phillips is too hurt. Uh, uh, I don't like his minutes, uh, so you can't really rely on that for that salary this week when there's so many other great options. Uh, if you're going to look to West Brom, a lot of people are going to go on Jay Rodriguez when it actually should be Robson Canoe everyone touches on. Uh, he's got a much better floor and then conversely a much better ceiling, and they both have the same likelihood of hitting. So if you're going to take anyone from Brom, don't bother with Jay Rodriguez and just stick with uh, Robson Canoe. Um, I think uh, Anthony uh, Lockhart uh, lost his mints uh, after his game against Liverpool. That was just a really really poor performance and I don't expect him to see another 90 minute game for a bit here uh, he wasn't taken off because the script of the game was being blown out he was one of the main reasons the game was being blown out uh, so I don't expect him to see 90 minutes again Mark Albrighton, got to be your cash lock this week. Uh, this guy costs as a mid-range wing back uh, and has twice the ceiling and a better floor. Uh, he's given the same amount of crosses as all the guys that we talked about, like Moy, Stanislas, uh, Shakiri, Matt Ritchie. He's crossing at the exact same rate for a massive 2K salary discount in most places. So uh, that's a big spot for me. I'm going to be locking in Albrighton as much as I can. Uh, Diouf is a really interesting contrarian play this week for Stoke. If you're going to be looking to Stoke, he's probably the guy I'm going to be looking at. He's actually playing forward at the moment, and a Trupo Moting has been dropped back to a wing back, and he's starting. Uh, Diouf is starting up front with uh, Peter Crouch and playing 90-minute games. So when you can get a midfielder as a forward for a discounted price uh, for 90 minutes, that's something I'm pretty interested in, especially when it's someone like Diouf who's having a, a pretty decent season. Uh, Loftus Cheek's going to be going my GPP plays this week. I was a week late on uh, Calvert's Lewin, and it, uh, or excuse me, a week early, and it cost me uh, when I didn't go back to him last week. I was all over Loftus, week, Loftus last week, and it completely cost me. And I think I'll be going back to him this week just because Pals are in such a great spot. His salary still is nice and cheap. Uh, cleverly on Watford is going to be one of my cash locks this week. I highly recommend every single person lock him into as many cards as you possibly can in either format. At that salary, he's going to be an excellent floor play enough to basically carry you in either format, uh, allowing you to reach up and get some of the really high spe uh, ceilings like uh, Townsend and Harry Kane together in your cash card. So I really like uh, Cleverly from Watford. He he'll be handling a lot of the set pieces as long as Holobos doesn't start. If Holobos starts, you can't use Cleverly. Uh, but uh, I expect all of us not to. Uh, that, which leads me to my second uh, big play from Watford, which is uh, the center midfielder decor. Uh, at I think he's uh, 4.1k. Uh, I'm not sure. I believe that's what his salary is. Uh, and he is absolutely a gem this week against Burnley. Uh, what's going to happen a lot is Burnley's going to put a lot of people in the box, and Watford's going to have a, a lot of a lot of balls coming back out, uh, rolling out to the top of the box for their mid fielders to step into and crank and there's nobody in the league that does that better than him uh, i think james mclean may get a start here for brom he's interesting but uh really what the big play for me this week is going to be whoever spurs start as the discount starter in place of son 
Uh, I expect it's probably going to be Sissoko, but it could be Harry Winks, it could be Dembele, whoever it is, uh, get that person into your lineup because against Stoke, you're going to have all sorts of opportunity here to really uh, find some sort of ceiling. But in terms of uh, the midfields, that's my place. Awesome. Yeah, I really like Tom Cleverly take. He's dirt cheap, and he has a you know, fairly high floor, especially with his crosses that he racks up, and Wofford should, you know, hold the majority of the possession even though they're on the road but you know as we know Burnley lost their best playmaking player Robbie Brady for the season so they'll definitely be a little shook and you know be trying out some new things and different formations and such anyways let's move the forward forward we have the obvious Harry Kane on top you even though he costs 12k and he needs, you know, that's, uh, what, two goals and an assist or one goal, one assist to even have a floor. He undoubtedly has the best matchup of any forward. And he's the most talented player on the slate by a mile. So you have to at least consider him, even though he has a Ronaldo-esque price tag. Um, I wouldn't, you know, go all in on him in GPPs, but I also wouldn't fade him completely. I would just, you know, be smart with your builds and definitely incorporate him and build around that price. Anyways, below that, um, we have the Crystal Palace guys that we all mentioned. Then you get down to, like, the 6K range. You have guys like Christian Benteke, Jamie Vardy, and Damari Gray. Damari Gray, I find, is a, you know, somewhat interesting player. He has virtually no floor, but he was very active in Leicester's last game against um, Burnley. If, if that's any indication of what he's going to be like going forward, then he's... 100% in play at 6,300. Jamie Vardy, you know, he's another completely goal-dependent player. He only has, he's at, he has two goals in the past, I believe, 10 games. Um, he's the guy I'll have in a couple of my lineups just because he, you know, is upside in this matchup, and whenever I seem to, you know, fade Jamie Vardy, he has the Vardy-esque game, and whenever I seem to be all-in on Jamie Vardy, he lays a complete egg, so... I can never get Vardy right. I'll you know I'll play him sparingly this weekend, but that's about it. And I know you love Christian Benteke, so I'll let you touch on him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, I'll first we talk about Harry Kane. He's just got the absolute best ceiling this week. It doesn't matter how much he costs in comparison to every other player on the slate. Nobody really has the opportunity he does here to go out and get a hat trick this week, which he did on the reverse fixture of this last season. So, uh, interestingly enough, Tottenham are looking to set a, a new record here for the most of back to back to back to back games of uh, at least a four goal win. Uh, no other team in the English Premier League has ever done that against the same opponent four straight times. So, uh, I think they're going to go for it this week, and I think Tottenham are probably going to score. Uh, more than their fair share of goals. Uh, and uh, when you look at, again, we talked about Deli Ali isn't really there. Christian Eriksen isn't really an option. Uh, they're going to start the discount guy. Other than that, it's just really Harry Kane. So uh, that's who I'll be looking at this week. Uh, I'll be going over the field. Uh, whatever I feel come uh, Saturday morning, the field will be on him. Uh, I'm going to try and go significantly over that. Uh, Richardson is fine in cash, but the issue is that Burnley have kept every game total low this season, so they don't really have a ceiling, uh, game, like a game total ceiling. And so when you look at Richardson's uh, salary, you kind of need a game that has the chance to get three or four goals. And while I think DraftKings believes that may happen uh, with Richardson, it's just uh, he's, again, one of those guys 
outputs that are really priced up due to the slate and not necessarily his production. Uh, he, like I say, he's still great for floor, and if he hits, he'll have a pretty decent ceiling. But uh, as the second most expensive forward on the slate, you really need him to have a comparable ceiling to Harry Kane to justify not finding that extra money to go up to Harry Kane. Uh, so uh, Richie just doesn't have the ceiling that I'm looking for, and Harry Kane does. So I'll be fading Richardson this week. Uh, but uh, I can understand if someone takes him in cash. Uh, Zaha is totally acceptable for me this week in GPP. He's not a cash play, unfortunately. Uh, I would like him to be, but he's totally goal-dependent, and he hasn't been scoring at a significant rate, especially away from home. Uh, while Palace will probably still score a couple this game, uh, you're right. I'll, I'll be talking about Benteke here in one second. But uh, the, the other thing here is that Bournemouth are probably going to score a goal. Uh, so you have to consider so it's going to come from somewhere. And uh, it, depending who they start up front, it's it's not a, a, a fun way to pick. So generally, I like to bet against that notion that they're going to score. But I think it's it may be pretty obvious that they end up scoring. Uh, so that's something we have to consider uh, in some way, shape, or form. Jamie Vardy's a fade for me uh, just because uh, even when he has scored this season, he's finished with really low scoring totals. Uh, so even from that uh, uh, accessible salary, I'm hoping that salary will be more of a trap for people than it actually is like something to take advantage of. Um, yeah, let's talk about Christian Benteke. He's, he's my GPP lock this week. Bournemouth uh, allow the most shots on net from up close and the most goal-scoring chances from within the penalty box in the entire league. It's not even like a comparable stat to anyone else. Uh, it, they're blowing everyone away by allowing that many. Uh, conversely, West Brom have allowed some of the fewest. Uh, so that's something to remember this week, too. But... Uh, What's interesting to me is that Benteke is going to see most of his time being marked by Nathan Aki, who is uh, 5'10 and 180 pounds when he's wet. So I really don't see anyone on uh, the Bournemouth back line being able to handle uh, Benteke in any sense. He's probably going to get two goals this game. Uh, I really like the position he's at with his salary, especially when you compare him to Townsend and Zaha, who should draw massive ownerships. Benteke's contrarian without really being contrarian. I think uh, everyone knows who's watched the games. He's been super close to actually getting a goal here. I think this is the game that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a flood of goals. Uh, it wouldn't even surprise me to see him get involved in every single goal's Every single goal, excuse me, in Palace ends up winning 3-2. Uh, so Benteke is someone I'm really, really interested in. I like Len Murray for GPP. He's just someone that's in a really good spot with Brighton. They basically end their offense with him. Their whole entire purpose is getting across into the box and him knocking it towards the net. They really have no other option uh, towards scoring a goal. So uh, if they're going to score a goal, it's most likely going to be through Glenn Murray, and he takes the penalty shots too. So I like that. Uh, speaking of which, leads me to another huge play for me in Watford this week, which is going to be Troy Deeney. I think he's an absolutely brilliant sharp play this week. Watford are going to score two goals, and if Richardson can't reach his ceiling, you may as well just roll with Troy Deeney, who's getting significant minutes again after coming back from suspension. He's the team captain. He's not just some nobody player that uh, fits in and out. He's he's a massive part to this team's success. Uh, so I'm looking at Troy Deeney this week to score two and one from the penalty spot uh, against a Burnley side that really 
uh, they, they really shouldn't be emotionally into it uh, against the Watford side who should be really into this game. Uh, I like Peter Crouch. Uh, I don't really like him anywhere outside like a really deep field GPP when you're stacking Stoke and you're trying to be contrarian with uh, Dio for something like that. But uh, in terms of every time he's got a shot on net, uh, he's averaging at least an assist in his game. So all he needs is a shot on net against Spurs. And uh, he's got some history there. I like it. I think uh, Peter Crouch could do something. And if you're going to uh, take a look at Swansea, it's going to have to be bony for me over Abraham. That would really be about it. Um, Abraham hasn't been doing anything. At least Boney's got a hot foot at the moment. I really don't think Swansea will do very much at all, which leads me back again to West Brom and uh, looking to sneak them in as much as I can with guys like Robson Canoe. But in terms of uh, all my forward picks, that's really where I'm at. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like we're on the you know same page primarily. I don't know about Glenn Murray and all that nonsense, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Troy Dini, man, get on board while you still can. Yeah, the Troy Dini Glenn Murray takes are real bold and hot. So I'll, you know, I'll take it with a grain of salt. I'll put them in a couple lineups, but I can't see myself going over, over or even under or at par with the field with them. <laughs> Anyways, that just about does it for this edition of the you know EPL Foul Balls podcast. Uh, hopefully everyone has a great weekend and wins a lot of money. We'll see you back next week. Do we have EPL next week? Not sure. But we'll have fun anyways. Yeah, nonetheless, avoid the snow. Have a great weekend. See you guys later. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.